Scripture reading is taken from Colossians 1, verses 15 through 23. Colossians 1, 15 through 23. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, by the thrones or powers, or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that, everything he might, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you have heard, and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. I don't often do this, but on Friday afternoon, I threw everything out that I had prepared for today. And I started with something else. Usually when I have a pastoral intern working with me and I'm helping this intern to learn to become a better preacher, I say to my interns and I teach them, I said, you need to unwrap the scriptures for people. When you stand up to preach in Emmanuel Baptist Church, you need to open the scriptures you need to unwrap it. You need to show people what's there. You need to teach people how to use it and then wrap it back up and tie a ribbon around it so that they can take it home and open it and use it. And that's my goal as a pastor. When I speak to you from week to week, that I would open the scriptures to you, that I would show you what's there, that I would show you how to use it in such a way that you can go home, you can walk out of the doors of this building and you can use what I have said, what I have taught you on a Sunday morning. This Sunday morning isn't like that. There was an issue that gripped me this week and what I've got, what I have for you this morning is Totally unfinished. Now, I, I tell my interns to never start with an apology. And I'm not apologizing, but I'm telling you, we're dealing with something that is pretty raw this morning. It is gritty, and it is totally not neat. But it is real. And at this stage of the game, I don't have a whole lot of answers to give you, and I can't wrap it up neatly and tie a ribbon around it and send you out of here and say, there, now you know how to deal with it because I don't know how to deal with this. And I'm left with a lot of questions. And so I'm going to show you a video 
And then I'm going to invite some feedback from you because this video has left me, and it's a situation that developed this week, and it's left me with, with a tremendous amount of unease and, and, and a lot of questions. And like I say, I need some help. This video was posted on YouTube on September the 7th of this year. Jeremy, kill the lights. Let's run it. When Amanda posted that video on September 7th, she said, I'm, I'm struggling to stay in this world because everything just touches me so deeply. I'm not doing this for attention. I'm doing this to be an inspiration and to show that I can be strong. I did things to myself to make pain go away because I'd rather hurt myself than someone else. Haters are haters, but please don't hate, although I'm sure I'll get them. I hope I can show you guys that everyone has a story and everyone's future will be bright one day. You just got to pull through. I'm still here, aren't I? September 7th, October 10th, Wednesday, Amanda committed suicide. How do we deal with that? This world is filled with Amandas. They're your kids, your grandkids, your friends, your neighbors, your nieces, your nephews. I don't know. She was one month shy of her 16th birthday. When I looked at her web video, her YouTube video, the comments, there were 10 or 12 pages of comments. People were absolutely vitriolic. Here's one of the comments. I have no respect for her. She was stupid to show her breasts, stupid to turn to drinking and drugs, a slut for sleeping with someone she knew had a boyfriend, and weak and selfish for taking her own life. If we as church, if we as Christians can't help the Amandas of this world, what are we doing? I don't know. There's, there's, there's issues here. I see four issues. One of the issues is social media, and many of you that are my age or, or older don't really know what's going on out there, but between Facebook and texting and everything else that's going on, there are young people are living in a completely, completely different world. I got a magazine from, from Prairie Bible College this week, my, my old school, and, and one of the news facts in there is one out of four American teenagers has received or forwarded sexually explicit, explicit messages or pictures on their cell phone. Just telling your kids don't do it isn't good enough. Another issue that is here is bullying. 
And I think we need to have some conversations with our children and our grandchildren. And the reality is that many of us adults are guilty or are either guilty or have been bullied uh, as children. And I was, I was a bully. I was. When I went to school, we tormented this one girl for years and years. I don't know why we did it, but we picked on her. And sometimes that carries on. I see adults today, husbands who bully their wives, people who bully their kids. There are bullies in, in marriages. There are bullies at work. There are bullies in, in churches even who need to have control. And somewhere along the line, this has got to stop. We've got to have some kind of respect for each other. And even in a dating relationship. You know, when I was dating, Back in my teenage years, I used to think, well, it's my right to push the boundaries as far as I can. It's up to the girl to say no. That's bullying. How do you deal with that? Jeremy, throw Matthew 11, verse 29 up there. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble and hard people, we need to be Christ-like. In our marriages, in our relationships at home, with our children, with our co-workers, wherever we go within church, we need to be Christ-like. Philippians 2 verse 5 says that our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Another issue that I see here is Amanda. She was alone. Did she make mistakes? Yeah. But what is our response? What about the Amandas in this town? A couple of weeks ago in Nippon, uh, when the night we moved Ken and Mary, there was a house, an old house, an abandoned house, went up in flames just behind, um, right over behind the, the husky there, kind of in that neighborhood on 10th Avenue. And a couple of years ago, a young woman committed suicide in that house. I was so glad to see that place burn. And I was called the next morning. One of the other pastors in town said, hey, listen, these are some people that I'm connected with and I can't deal with that. Can you go over and visit the family because this girl just committed suicide and I talked to her dad and her grandma and, and her, her brother and her sister. What do you say? And even as a pastor, I don't have, I don't have answers. And it frustrates me because... I know the Bible and I know the verses and, and somewhere along the line, people like Amanda don't need to die. And I don't know what to do about it. I was driving through town this week and I wound up following a gentleman in another car. This guy didn't have a clue that I was behind him. He was busy looking for his street to turn off, and he kept stopping at intersections where there were no stop signs. And I'm behind him, and I thought, should I honk my horn? Probably not. 
But you see, he was preoccupied with something else. And then I thought, I'm so preoccupied with him, I better see if there's somebody behind me, and there wasn't. But I, I, I think we get busy with our own lives. I don't think it's willful ignorance, but we don't notice the Amandas. We all have our own issues. But the story in John chapter 4, Jesus is talking to this woman in Samaria. And he sends the disciples off to buy some food. Uh, and afterwards, they, they come to him and, and said, Master, aren't you hungry? And, and Jesus said, well, look around a little bit. He said, my, my, my food isn't, isn't necessarily physical food. And he said, but he said these words. Put that verse up there, Jeremy, John 4, verse 35. He said, look around you. Open your eyes and look at the fields. And I think too often we're unaware of what's going on around us. You know, like, like how come you were able to, to, to talk to this woman and we missed it completely? Jesus said, look around you. Look. Open your eyes. Look. See, well, we get so in, in involved with our own lives and, and yeah, I have stuff happening. I have my wife, my family, my work, and, and everything else is going, I'm busy, leave me alone. But somewhere along the line, I need to be aware of the Amandas, of the lonely people. What about suicide? How do we help those contemplating this drastic step I know that people feel alone and without hope, and I, I brought my own daughter to the hospital one day here Christmas Day because she'd cut her wrists. I didn't have answers for her either. And she still struggles. I know you're supposed to come to church and leave here feeling good. I'm not feeling very good this morning. One of my colleagues, another pastor, received a call on Christmas Day as he was sitting down to Christmas dinner from someone who was suicidal, and he said to him, I don't really have time to deal with this right now. Can we meet tomorrow? And the person said yes, and then went out and committed suicide anyway. I don't know. I'm open to suggestions. But somewhere along the line, Amanda said, I'm all alone. I have nobody. In Luke chapter 7, there's a story about a woman who came to Jesus. Jesus was at the house of a Pharisee visiting, and a, and a woman came and stood behind him and she began to weep and her tears flowed over his feet and then she anointed him and the Bible says that this was a sinful woman. And somewhere along the line, Jesus had touched her heart. She had been convicted of sin and she knew that she could come to Jesus for forgiveness. And I don't know where that conviction came from. And the whole story is about forgiveness, but you see, the only Jesus 
that the Amandas of this world will ever know probably are you and me. So I'm going to leave this hanger. I told you this was raw. I can't wrap this up. I can't tie a neat little ribbon about it. I can't pat you on the back and say, there, there, everything's going to be all right. We live in a raw and gritty world. And somewhere along the line, you and I need to go to the Amandas to put an arm around her and say, you are a worthwhile person. Jesus gave his life for you, loves you so much, you will never be alone, I think. And if you have anything better to share with me, I would love to hear it. And I would love to be able to take your wisdom and to put it together and then to present it to the church at another time. But and leave this hang. I know it's a heavy subject. We're going to go eat here, but um, it, it's just, it's life. It's real. Hector. Um, while growing up, um, I was pretty much uh, also alone. Um, and then the, when I came to high school, um, I hung over the other groups of outcasts. Um, and there are times that we've opened up and, you know, I, I've said this once and I'll say it again. I'm glad I chose group of losers over the church at that time and <laughs> and how many of them would tell me that if we weren't together we would have just each of them would be dead and probably including myself um, I'm going to share with you something. Um, <laughs> and last Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve, the spirit was telling me to go visit a friend of mine. His birthday was on Christmas and said no. And I kept saying no, he's with his friends, with his, whatever, and I didn't go. Then on January 2nd, on my sister's birthday, he went and committed suicide. And that was haunting over me for a while because I disobeyed God and I didn't go and see him and say hi or happy birthday. And, and I came back to school. I didn't even go to his, I wanted to go to his funeral, but I didn't. I was cold and 
That was about when the OMP team took off. I was really struggling. I was hunting talked. I wanted to talk to Lindsay about it and he wasn't around and I heard some of the other students were talking. Like, why are people like this? Why are they And I was like thinking to myself, shut up. No good brats. Because they don't know what kind of struggle that is. And they don't have any right to say, and we don't. I lost a friend because I was disobedient. And last year at school, I was alone because I get nauseous every time I'm around with people that think they're better. And I get extremely sick and volatile. And I feel like throwing up. And then that time, just that weekend before we're talking about FMP trip, I was thinking of just leaving school. And even I thought I was going to take my life after that. But I didn't. I'm still here. And through my entire life, I may not have been with the church, but I was with a group of people that were alone because they had something. They would give you something that they wanted as well, and that was love. And not just like actual attention and affection. And it made me sick when people would take advantage of them. I'm not trying to put anyone down. But quit judging. Just go out and sit with them. Even just listen, even if they make no sense, even if they're like, what, what is he talking about? You're gonna make a difference in someone's life if you just do that. Stay here, I'll pray for you, kid. Let's stand, pray together. Father, you, you have forgiven us for the times that we have let you down. And I know that you will forgive Hector for this as well. I pray that your peace would rule in his heart. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage him and lead him to others that he can help. And I pray that you would calm the turmoil in his heart. I pray, Lord, for us as a church. Lord, help us to please open our eyes. Make us aware of what is going on around us. Help us to say to speak a word of encouragement, to do an act of kindness so that we don't leave people alone and, and forget them. Father, forgive us for our past failures. Lord, strengthen us and equip us to be your agents in the future. And now, Father, we pray for the meal to follow. I know it's a big switch in, in, in emotions here, but Lord, I just pray your blessing upon us in our time of fellowship and that you would knit us together as a body of Christ. In his name we pray, amen.